This is Let's Get To. We are live-ish from Waterburger Field because sometimes there's no place like home. Welcome to Let's Get To, your tour of America through the lens of minor league baseball. Baseball from sea to shining sea. And now, the first pitch. Opening thoughts from James Christopher. Presented by BaseballMapper.com. And again, welcome to Let's Get To. I am your host, James Christopher. This is the first pitch presented by BaseballMapper.com. Make sure you check out BaseballMapper.com for all of your baseball travel needs. Now, we're going to get back out to Corpus Christi in just a second, but something dawned on me. With the return of minor league baseball in its full scope, with independent league starting soon, collegiate summer league a little bit after that, it marked the return of one of my favorite things in this sport, theme nights. But I understand. They're not everyone's cup of tea. They're not everything's ball of wax. They're not everything's insert another cliche here. And I decided to create a new segment, not really a segment, call it a a public service announcement, in part stemmed with my um, unfortunate yet hilarious interaction with a certain Astros beat writer over a certain theme night. So, here it is. A guide to surviving theme nights that you don't like. That's right. Baseball fans run the gamut of of gender and orientation and color and race and interests outside the game, which means the possibility might arise that you could stumble into a game that's having a theme night that maybe doesn't really, uh, you know, flip your lid. I found the other cliche. And so I thought I would create this guide for you to help you get through this baseball season. Now, Step one. Step one. Try understanding why the theme night exists in the first place. Now, the jaded part of you is going to say, oh, these, these teams are pandering. They just want to make more money. Yeah. They want to make more money. It is a business. It's a professional baseball business, and they need to make more money. And at the minor league level, uh, in the independent league level and collegiate summer league, where they're not like TV contracts or, or huge corporate sponsors, you do that by growing your fan base. So understand that they're having this theme night not to isolate you or upset you. They're doing it to reach all those people who really like baseball that maybe never felt comfortable coming to the park they're also doing it that maybe they can attract star wars fans in or superhero fans in or or princess fans who then might discover they like the baseball stuff they're like the baseball so you you really need to understand that yeah it's about making money and growing the fan base and this is a good thing because major league baseball it's been reported Of course, they don't necessarily do the fandom stuff for lower levels than that, but it's becoming the oldest fan base in sports. And it can't just be a sport that's where grumpy white people like it. So step one, try to understand why they're doing the theme night, and maybe you can see your way clear to be a decent human being about it. Step two, try either ignoring the theme night festivities or don't go at all. You don't have to engage if you don't want to. First of all, these teams put their promotional calendar out months in advance. So if Disney Princess Night isn't your deal, don't go. 
The Omaha Storm Chasers had a cat night. I'm not a cat person, so I wouldn't. Actually, I would have gone because that would have been uh, interesting to see them literally try to herd cats. But the point is, if you don't like the theme night that's happening, you don't have to go. You can get through a game without singing Let It Go by Frozen. It's not like if you go to Pride Night, there are like booths where they're trying to convert you. You can just ignore it. I think it says something about you as a human person if you don't are, are not even going to sort of tacitly engage. But again, to each their own, you can just go focus on the baseball and let everyone else have a good time. This is something that I think we need to learn as a culture anyway. Um, don't rain on people's parades. Let people like stuff. The world is pretty tough right now. And it's been tough for two years. And the last thing you want to do, I would think, again, as I'm assuming a decent human person, the last thing you want to do is actually make someone feel worse for liking something. And step three, don't be the guy on social media who outs himself as a racist, a homophobe, or a sexist. Yes, option number three. If you found out why and don't care, you don't care about growing the game, you don't care about minor league teams finding audiences, where maybe people didn't know they existed or, or understand how cool it was, maybe you don't care. You're, you're going to sit there and keep score, and that's fine. Let's say you can't ignore it, and you've either decided to go or not go. The third option is maybe the most important. Don't get online and, and complain about it in such a way that makes you look, again, like a homophobe or a racist or sexist. You see it every June when minor league baseball puts their their pride logo up. And you 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 see why we have pride night. So don't do the thing that everybody seems so comfortable doing and and basically re- reduce your reputation to the worst of your natures. You're probably a decent person. You might just have some predilections. And again, all you got to do is let people live and everything will be fine. But the last thing you want to do is is look like a boomer with your disparaging woke culture or anything like that. Let people live, let people enjoy things, and the world might get a little bit better. Now, the show's about to get a little bit better because we're going out to Corpus Christi. Jessica and I, Nathan and Shelly, had a great time in what was the most pleasant weathered game we've ever had at Waterburger Field. From the bleachers, the Let's Get To Game of the Week. And warm summer breezes and French wines and cheeses put his ambition at bay. It's probably a good thing that my ambition to sing was put at bay, right? But we're not talking about warm summer breezes, and we're not talking about that kind of bay. No, today it's all about a cool breeze off the bay. A Texas sky that's as blue as a field of blue bonnets, It's basically a perfect April day, and on a perfect day in April in Texas, it's time for baseball. And on the coastal bend of the sparkling city by the sea, that means the Corpus Christi Hooks. The Hooks have been the AA affiliate of the Houston Astros since 2005, and for 17 years they've represented the coastal bend. The Texas League is back, not that it actually went away, and it's time for a clash with the rival missions from San Antonio. The breeze was really kicking at the home of the Hooks, Waterburger Field. 
Whataburger Field is basically a palace for baseball, simply one of the best venues created for the greatest game ever invented. And it's always ready to welcome its fans. The park is nestled into the great city of Corpus Christi's past and future with views to the Harbor Bridge, the USS Lexington, and the surrounding area. The interlocking seas mark the field as the home of the Hooks. And any visitor to the park will love the sight lines and the way the perfect green pops against the blue sky. And any visitor to the park will love the sight lines and the way the perfect green pops against the blue sky. You have a full 360 degree walkway that provides a lot of variety in seating, including party decks, wide open concourse spaces, if you just want to keep moving through the game. There's something about a scoreboard surrounded by the remnants of Corpus's past and future as a shipping hub that reminds me of the days when baseball was made up of factory teams and town ball. Yet then we have modern ribbon boards in right and left field that help drive home the atmosphere. Oh look millennials, more bunting. Berm seating is a staple in minor league baseball and the hooks have two. I remember the first time I ever went to Waterburger Field, we had just wrapped our film Funny Books and we brought the cast and crew out for a fun night of beer and baseball. And these guys also have rocking chairs. But really, if you're watching a game here in Texas in July, is there a better vantage point than from a swimming pool? On the concourse sits a statue dedicated to Del Hilliard, diehard Hooks fan who never missed a game. The statue's dedicated not just to him, but to all the Hooks fans who are no longer with us. Behind the outfield, the kids have a playscape, rock walls, and even a mini ballpark to play their own game. And I love it when a ballpark brings things like the batting cages and the bullpens and makes them accessible to fans. Minor League Baseball is all about fans being able to get close to players. There's lots to see and do at the ballpark and lots to eat with many Texas traditions on display. But one tradition stands above the rest. It's the stop sign in Texas, one of the most iconic things you'll ever see in the state, the namesake of the ballpark, Whataburger. And yes, it is much better than In-N-Out. It all adds up to a great night at the ballpark, surrounded by some of the best fans in the game. They're a fan base they don't leave, they understand baseball, and they're in on every pitch. This ballpark feels like home to me more than most others. The proximity to the water, the sounds, the sights, the smells, the connection to my hometown team. It's perfect. You'll find me here many times this season, so come up and say hello. And what else is there to say except, vamos hooks. Show me the merch, fashion, baseball style. Presented by the Baseball by Design podcast. So we're back here on Show Me the Merch. I've got one of my best girls here. Shelly is here. We're back home. What do you think? I love being home. Corpus Christi is my hometown, and I'm a big fan of the hooks. And so, yes, it's been fantastic. It's also nice to not be sweating. Oh, yeah, because I, the wind is definitely helping us tonight. I got a, I got a hoodie on. So this is Show Me the Merch. Yes. You went shopping. I did. Let's see what we got. I did. It was a very, very hard choice. There were several, several items. 
But I decided to Ooh. go for, I know, right? You're like, I see it. I decided to go for the, um, help me out here on the name. The cumbias. I, the, well, the cumbias, but the Copa de Diversión. Diversión, yeah. And so, yes, so I, I got the cumbias, but my favorite part of the cumbia shirt is <gasps> the pick oh. that's on the back. I'm a big fan of the pick, and I think it's probably because we have the, the great Hooks logo right in the middle and makes it a lot of fun. So, Jim, what did you get? I'm going to tell you what I got right after this walk-up song. As we awkwardly wait. As we awkwardly wait. Does Luke not get a walk-up song? That's ridiculous. All right. Well, Luke doesn't have a walk-up song, which means we stalled. So for me, uh, if people watched the episode last week know that I'm a big fan of the Clubhouse version of the hat. You you love this one. I did because I was really between this logo and my wonderful cumbias. And because, again, Corpus is my home. And so having the home plate around the um, yeah. Hooks logo, was it was just a very, um, yeah, tough and, choice for and, me. But I'm glad you got it because then we got to show it. And, again, a reminder to the Houston Astros for not doing one, which means I didn't spend money at your shop. But we also do want to shout out to the Dad Hat Chronicles. We picked this up for him. Uh, make sure you're following his podcast. We'll put it down here in the thing, in the description of this podcast. But uh, now let's cut away to see what else you can get from the hook, line, and sinker. Of all the brands in baseball, few are as dynamic, well thought out, and well executed as the Corpus Christi Hooks. From their main look, complete with the interlock C's formed from fish hooks, the mascot cap, to the faux back, which I think is the best look in baseball, the hooks always look good on the field. They're also tops at alternative looks, whether it's the Corpus Christi Blue Ghosts in honor of the USS Lexington and World War II, or the Dio de los Hooks look, they excel. And there was a lot of excitement this offseason as they welcomed a new brand to the fold, their new Copa de la Versión look, the Cumbias. At the Pro Shop, you can get all these looks on a variety of high-class merch. Several models of all their on-field hats are available. Fitted, flex, and dad hats, something for everyone. All the t-shirts, jerseys, polos, fishing shirts populate the hook, line, and sinker along with pennants, balls, and other memorabilia. And really... Would it be Corpus Christi if you couldn't get your own Fauxback logo on a Hawaiian shirt? I don't think so. Check them out at Waterburger Field or online and get yours today. Make all your friends jealous. Holler and a Swaller, a chug of Ballpark Brew. Presented by The Hitter Sports. All right, we're here in Holler and Swaller. This guy is no stranger to the show, my brother from another mother. Nathan, we're back at we the are. Hooks. It is awesome to be here, and it is so great to be here at the beginning of the season because it is so much cooler than it normally is, isn't it? We are usually drowning in our own sweat by now. <laughs> the humidity kind of works, but now I've got sleeves on, you're shivering. It's actually pretty perfect. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's nice, and it's a beautiful night. It really is a perfect night. Um, a, a, a more competitive game than they had last night when the Hooks won 14 to two. Although that could be fun to watch too. That would be fun to watch too. <laughs> yes. Uh, so what are you drinking? I have a local Corpus Christi Lorelei Brewing uh, Chrissius Blonde Ale. 
And oh, if wow. you've never been to Lorelei Brewing here in Corpus Christi, do yourself a favor and go there. They are outstanding, and uh, they've got a lot of great beers. You know me not to be a super adventurous when it comes to food kind of guy. I do that. I do I, know that. I, I hate to be lame, but this is the exact same beer I had last week. I'm having... <laughs> this one's not in a bat, though. I'm having the, the Crawford Bach, um, which... I don't know. I actually think I like it better than Shiner these days. It, Crawford Box is a great beer. I do love it. Um, but, yeah, it's yeah, it's good stuff. Well, here's to first of hopefully a couple of games this year. And, and uh, holler and swaller, baby. Holler and swaller. Oh, you went chugging. Cut. Huh? I'm looking at it. Bombo's hooking the beer. Yeah, that's right. And, and Bombo's, Bombo's hooks. Raiders of the Lost Diamond, digging into baseball's past. Presented by Finn Lake Media Design. It's Raiders of the Lost Diamond. And did you know that the Corpus Christi Hooks weren't the only team to play baseball in the coastal bend of Texas? Barracudas, aviators, beach dogs, oh my. Corpus Christi has a long storied tradition of minor league baseball. And while you may have heard of the present day Hooks, or the Clippers or the Aces of the past, there is a long history of independent baseball in the sparkling city by the sea. The first of these indie teams were the Corpus Christi Barracudas, who played at Cabinus Field as members of the Texas-Louisiana League in 1994-95. The Barracudas were managed by MLB scout Mark Wassinger, who led the team to a league-best 58-30 regular season record 94. The offense was led by outfielder Steve DeAngelis, who batted 332 and knocked 23 homers. The Cuda's second and last season saw them sink to fourth place with a 55-44 record. Former Brave and Mariner Gary Eve starred on the mound with a 2.02 ERA and a 13-2 record over 20 starts. The next Indy 9 to call Corpus home were the Coastal Bend Aviators, who played at Fairgrounds Field in the Central Baseball League from 2003 to 2005 and then in the American Association from 06 to 07. The team's only winning season came in 06 with a 49-47 record. The Aviators were downed after only a few short years due to a combination of poor performance, location, Fairgrounds Field was located 12 miles outside of Corpus Christi, and no doubt competition from the affiliated team in town. The third and so far final independent team to call Corpus Christi home were the Beach Dogs. Yes, they are cool and hip and spelled it D-A-W-G-S in 2008. The Dogs finished their one and only season with a 34-38 record, good for third place in the four-team Continental Baseball League. Perhaps the most notable event of the Beach Dog season was when Little Cato, a little person wrestler with a height of 4'6", took an at-bat for the Beach Dogs on May 27, 2008. Unfortunately, the Dogs faced the same struggles as the Aviators playing out at Fairgrounds Field and had to be put down at the conclusion of the season. St. Louis team, we have uh, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. That's what I want to find out. I want you to tell me the names of the fellas on the St. Louis I'm, team. I'm telling you, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. Do you know the fellas' names? Yes. Well, then who's playing first? Yes. I mean, the fellas' Who's on first? Who? The Let's the Get To team of the week. Who? 
The guy on first base. Who Presented first? by the Baseball Bucket List Podcast. Me? I'm not asking you. I'm telling you who is on first. I'm asking you who's on and we are back from our trip to Corpus Christi. Had a great time, as you saw in the previous segments on the episode. Now we're joined by Dustin Fishman from your Corpus Christi Hooks to talk a little bit about, well, I think the best brand in baseball. How's it going, Dustin? Pretty good. Thanks for having me, Jim. Thank you. And, and thank you to the team for being such gracious hosts to us. And we had, an, again, we had an absolute blast out there. I mean, you know, it's all about the experience. And I think, you know, probably just like everyone else, especially in minor league baseball, that's that's what we focus on is everyone that comes to a game, whether you are a baseball fan or not, we just want to make sure that you have fun and you want to come back and do it all over again. Well, you guys definitely continue to be, again, like I think the best brand in baseball. And before we talk a little bit about what's coming next, um, a little bit about you. Like, how did you end up from... I'm assuming a kid who liked baseball to now you're a member of a front office of a double A team. How'd that happen? When you, when you say it like that, it makes me think like, wow, that's actually really cool. Like I did do that. Uh, <laughs> Cause sometimes you don't think about it, you know, you just kind of go, go with, uh, go with the flow. But yeah, I, uh, I played baseball. I think till I was about 12 or 13 at that age, I realized, Hey, I'm probably not going to make it. So I have a better chance of working in baseball than I do playing in baseball. Um, so from there, uh, initially I wanted to be an aerospace engineer, kind of looked at what that would take and thought, I don't know if that's the route I want to go. And I found out that you could actually major in sports management. So I went to school down in, uh, in Miami at Florida International University, got my bachelor's and my master's in recreation and sports management. And from there, I took an internship out in Greenville, Tennessee, working for the Astros uh, rookie ball team that they used to have out there. So yeah. worked for two seasons out there, kind of as an intern the first year and then a group sales exec the second year. After that, once they shut that team down, uh, I went to West Palm, funny enough, working for the Astros and the Nationals. And I grew <laughs> up in West Palm. So it's kind of like a perfect scenario right there <laughs> to be able to go back home and then I'm still working with the Astros um, and then the Nationals as well at that point and really that was more sales focused so I was an account executive there handled everything from season tickets uh, groups hospitality helping out with just generic box office questions there are only a couple of us that worked on the ticketing side down there from after that, I went to Biloxi, Mississippi, worked for the Biloxi Shuckers. Who for, I'll be uh, visiting in like uh, a month. My first time. Look at that. That's yeah. They've got a really cool stadium out there. Biloxi is definitely a cool spot to go visit and go see again. Um, but I worked there as a, a sales and marketing coordinator. So kind of still the sales side of it and got my uh, feet wet with the marketing, advertising, social side, which then prompted me here. Worked there for two and a half years or so. And then in December, I moved out here starting in January as the marketing manager here. So it's been a little bit of a journey. You get to do a little bit of everything, but that's what's fun because every day is different. Um, you know, we, we were just mentioning before we hopped on about, you know, sometimes there's those other duties as a sign. And today we were working on some landscaping and some crushed granite outside. So I'm glad to, glad you can't smell me right now. Uh, <laughs> so apologize for, for the, the hat and the jacket. Here. I think you look sharp. It would look a little nicer. Well, I, I tell you, uh, when you use that phrase, I had a like a, I'm a I was in the military for seven years. That's a very army term, and I had a little bit of like, whoa, what is, what's going on? So, um, 
tell, but, but, you know, I guess following down that path, um, how much is that minor league baseball? You major in sports management, you've worked in sales, you've worked in marketing. How much is it of really having to be good at all the things? Yeah. And I think that really just kind of depends on what you're looking for. I mean, for me, I want to do everything and especially working in marketing, you have to know everything because when I'm helping out with the website or social, I'm going to get questions about, you know, what's your promo schedule? Can I bring in a chair to the game? It's very random things that the more you know, um, it's only going to help you. Uh, and, and then people are going to ask, you know, how does it work with group tickets, you know, digital ticketing, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's just the more, you know, it doesn't hurt you at all. And that's what really kind of helps you get to that next level too, and open up other opportunities. And really that's how I've gotten to be where I'm at now, because you just, you're versatile in a way, you know, I'm kind of like the, the Ben Zobrist, uh, in <laughs> front office terms. I get that reference. I'm, gonna put I'm the, actually I'm gonna a Cubs put, fan, so I'm going to put the 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 Captain America thing. I understood that reference. Um, <laughs> but how it, how much of that is kind of fun though? The idea that every day can be a little different. To me, that a hundred percent of it, and that's the reason that I love working in sports because I it's not your normal nine to five desk job. For the most part, you know what you're getting into every day. I mean, for me, everything is new because every organization is different. So. I've kind of gotten into my groove already as we just finished up our first homestand when you guys were here. So it helps. Um, but it's fun to just every day is going to be different and it keeps you on your toes um, because you never know what's going to happen next. So um, it's just, it's always a good time. And I guess end goals. I mean, do you see yourself being a GM at some point or, I mean, what, where did, where does Dustin see himself sort of 10 years from now? Yeah, I, I get that question a lot really my response and and I never know how people take it is I focus more on being happy where I'm at. So some type of managerial position, yes, whether GM, AGM, um, just being a manager, that is really more what I'm focused on um, is, is just the side of, I want to be happy. I want to like who I'm working with in the front office. I want to have fun with what I'm doing. To me, I could kind of worry less about a specific title or anything like that i just want to have fun coming to work every day i think that's the most refreshing answer we've ever had on the show honestly um well um let's talk a little bit more about the hooks you know we've we've covered the hooks now every season the show has been around we do at least one ballpark trip a year i have said that it is the the best organization in in baseball and i think the fauxback look is the best look in baseball but you guys do so many different things so let's talk a little bit about what, particularly some of your, your traditional theme stuff, Blue Ghosts, Coastal Bend, what can we look forward to this season going forward? Yeah, so we'll be bringing back um, the Blue Ghosts, um, be bringing back Dia de los Hooks. Um, it, I feel honored to be here because of everything that we're talking about here of just the theme and the brand and everything. I, I think the hooks do a great job and have done a great job. So now it's on me to make sure I continue, you know, that's, <laughs> Big, big shoes to fill there. Um, but we also have some new things coming. Um, in a couple of weeks here, we're going to have Rodeo Weekend. Uh, and we're okay. going to have a new logo for that, new jerseys, some limited merch for that. So this is yeah, my you just you spent see- all my money. look. This is this is the you just spent all Jim's money look. Um, 
But I hate to interrupt, but your predecessor, Amy Johnson, used to text me early before stuff came out so I could be prepared to buy it. And I thought to myself, I'm really one person supporting this entire organization. Sorry, continue uh, about Rodeo. No, you're, weekend. you're good. And and that's the thing is you said, you know, you, you try to make a trip down here. It's, it's going to be hard for you to not make multiple trips down here <laughs> because of all this. Um, so we're going to have some cool fun in-game elements with that too. It's, it's going to coincide with buck days here for anybody that's, I'm still kind of learning a little bit about it, but anybody down here in the Corpus area would know what that is, but just kind of rodeo as a whole. Um, and then we'll have, I believe our Saturday game, we actually moved up to three o'clock cause they have like a night parade or a parade that they do. So people, wow. it'll be kind of like a whole, um, you know, kind of come to the game during the day and then watch the parade come right by the ballpark um, after the fact of that. Um, the merch obviously is going to be the big thing, may have some cool in-game elements that I don't know if I'm allowed to say, um, but you know, some type of rodeo elements on the field could be happening. Um, <laughs> Blue Ghosts, that one I think has always been awesome. I've always from the outside been a fan of that. Um, so kind of similar things, you know, we're looking to do with that of the, you know, batting practice over on the Lex, um, you know, having some limited edition merch and logo, kind of same thing there. Um, Dia de los Hooks also has a new look this year, too, with a new logo. So a lot of this stuff we haven't pushed out just yet, but it'll be coming out. Uh, we get questions on social every day about all this stuff. Um, and then the, the last kind of big one is going to be our new um, Copa de la Diversión. Yeah, let's talk that about good. that. What, what prompted the, the change? Cumbias. Cumbia, um, you know, yeah. I think it's, it's just nice to – this was all done before I got here, but it's nice to stay fresh and, and kind of pay homage to the culture and try new things. So, um, you know, nothing against the Raspas, um, but just trying, trying something new. So – um, we just debuted that maybe like two weeks ago. All my time has already started to mesh together. So I, I don't know what day it is. I, I just, I show up to the ball. I'll see you in September, right? <laughs> exactly. Like I might as well just have a cot in my cube here and just live here until last home game on September 11th. Hopefully playing after that in the playoffs, we'll see. Um, you know, don't want to jinx it. So knock on wood there. Um, but yeah, I think it's just a matter of just keeping it fresh and, and having a new look. Um, you know, every couple of years or so. I, I think, again, you guys nailed it. Um, I, I, I'm very proud of the – I'm a proud Texan, and I'm very proud of how Texas teams approach Copa. It feels real and genuine as opposed to being the Los, whatever your mascot already is for some of these Yankee states up there. So that's uh, awesome. Hey, uh, before we get to rapid fire, um, regular stuff, Dollar Dog Night, uh, Thirsty Thursdays, just a quick overview of when those things happen so that way people might be able to plan some trips. Yeah, of course. So every day of the week, uh, Tuesday, we've got the Mike Shaw Automotive, four for 40, four tickets, four hot dogs, four sodas, 40 bucks. Can't beat mm, it. No. Um, that's also our Conviva Silver Sluggers. Um, so anybody 55 or wiser, as we like to put it. Uh, <laughs> I, I love the tagline. Of that. I do too. Yeah. They can, uh, it's only 55 bucks. You get a ticket to every Tuesday home game. You get a t-shirt. I think you whoa, get a, whoa. A every Tuesday off. home game is 55 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And we try to have all these different options. I mean, we've got, uh, the silver sluggers, we've got our kids club, which there's a free option. So why not, you know, because if 
you don't have to pay for it. We do have uh, another option where you can pay and get some more perks out of it. Um, but it's just, we want to cater to everyone. So whether you want to, you know, be up in a suite, whether you want to be up in the Mike Shaw loft, if you just want a berm ticket, you know, we've got a little bit of everything here to, to cater to anybody that wants to come to a game. Uh, again, before we, you gave me another question. How important is that though? How important is it to make sure kids can get in and experience baseball or the people that kind of grew up with that get a chance? I mean, how important is it to keep reaching out to the community to grow the game? I've always said that without the community, I don't think any team would survive. You know, you have to have that tie-in and make sure that the team and the community go hand in hand. And I think that's what they've done so well here and why the hooks are so beloved. And, you know, this is our 17th season, I believe. So there's a reason, you know, we want to make sure that what we're doing is going to benefit the community. You know, we're not just here to be here. We want to make sure that everything we're doing is going to turn out to be a good time and that people know us as a staple. And that's kind of, you know, a reason either to come to Corpus or if you live in Corpus that you want to come to a baseball, to a hooks game in the summertime. All right. Well, let's play a little, a little rapid fire, come up with the answers as quick as you can. There are no prizes. So I don't know why I'm telling you to be fast, but maybe I should come up with prizes. Um, What is your go-to ballpark food? chicken tenders okay okay all right um marvel or dc marvel this whole generation is growing up on crappy dc so they don't never mind sorry i'm a dc uh, guy agree. And I'm, i'll agree with that it's just yeah yeah i mean you're uh zach snyder thank you so much um uh what's the strangest thing you've ever seen at a ballpark strangest thing i've ever seen at a ballpark mm, probably a humongous life-size bobblehead okay where was that that was in tennessee the or in kodak the tennessee smokies they had a humongous chris bryant bobblehead but i i couldn't touch it and bobble it and i'm like you can't have a life-size <laughs> bobblehead and not be able to, to want to bobble it you know what's the point i feel like that's a sign but no bobble in the bobblehead no bobble <laughs> No bubble. Um, okay. What is your first time that baseball as a fan broke your heart? Mm, I'm a Cubs fan. So I don't know if I really need to say outside of 2016, I feel like most people know what specific and growing up in Florida, which makes it even worse. I'm not going to say the name. I'm not going to say who they were playing. I think everyone can kind of put that together. I love Cubs fans. Y'all are, y'all are, I thought being an Astros fan was built with years of pain, but that's, that's a whole other level. Um, but it's funny to me that I feel like baseball is a, a sport where we all do unite around the painful aspect. Like I would never ask which the first time football broke your heart. I don't think it works the same way, but um, what's the favorite, your favorite team brand in baseball that is not the Cubs or the hooks. Hmm. I got to say probably the Rockies. I think the Rockies do a great job, especially on social, uh, just always keeping it entertaining and fun. Everything they do with Dinger, their mascot. I, I enjoy following them. I may have to look at them every once in a while to kind of get some ideas or maybe pull kind of not copy, but just, just see what they're doing. Borrow. There you go. Uh, dogs or cats? Dogs. Jaws or Star Wars? Star Wars. Uh, Kevin Costner as a cowboy or a ball player? 
baseball player. Okay. Uh, when you go to a new ballpark, what is your favorite place to sit? Honestly, I either want to be like higher up. I don't really want to be right behind the plate. I want to be able to have a better vantage vantage point um, than being right behind home plate. Now, if I somehow bought a ticket or got a ticket down there, am I going to turn it down? Not at all. But I'd say either that or just like a berm ticket and you get to walk around and see everything. It's funny to me, the number of people who work in baseball who say higher up and I want to go to different parks out vastly outnumbers the down the first base side or behind home plate. And I kind of dig that. And, and I don't know, it's one of the things I like about minor league baseball. Last one, what is your go-to baseball movie? It's gotta be field of dreams. We're simpatico, my brother. Um, well, I want to thank you, Dustin. He's Dustin Fishman of your Corpus Christi Hooks for jumping on. Make sure you follow the hooks on all their social media. We'll have the links buried in the episode of this podcast. Thanks so much for jumping on. Let's get to. Of course. Thanks, Jim. The seventh inning stretch. What's going on outside of the ballpark? Presented by the Dad Hat Chronicles. And so we're excited as we continue to take a look at one of my favorite towns on the planet. We've got Emmeline America from Visit Corpus Christi. Um, it's so funny to have you guys on because I've been going to Corpus Christi for about the last 20 years. But I always find something new. So first of all, how are y'all doing Friday? I know it's we're recording this Friday night. Y'all are going to the hooks tonight. Are you excited? Absolutely. We absolutely love our Corpus Christi hooks and especially at in beautiful Corpus Christi at Waterburger Field. And it's going to be a great night. Yeah, we're really excited. There's always something to enjoy at the games. We love uh, just experiencing uh, water, watching uh, the baseball game, eating Waterburger and just doing all the fun stuff with the giveaways. <laughs> I think Whataburger Field's the only ballpark where I straight up do Whataburger. I don't do the hot, like everything else. I'm very particular. Like I'm not doing Chick-fil-A, but I'm going to do Whataburger at Whataburger Field. Um, one of the things that our show really focuses on is, is not necessarily getting people in corpus to go to the hooks. People are already going. It's for these people, this whole culture of people that are taking ballpark trips. And so I wanted to have you guys on, talk a little bit about what else people can do uh, when they get there. So what are just some of the big ticket items before we get into some of the sort of details only locals know? Yeah, absolutely. So this Friday night is obviously a wonderful night to get into Corpus Christi because you have the entire weekend to spend and enjoy everything that our city has to offer. And we call ourselves the Gulf Coast capital for a reason. And that is because the beaches are pristine. We have nine beaches to go to. Um, you have all kinds of water sports. If you're into baseball, um, surely you've got to get into that windsurfing, kayaking, sailing. There's so much you can do here, um, including for beginners. If you want to go on a kayak tour, we have kayak rentals um, right as you go um, over the bridge over to the Flower Bluff area onto Padre Island, which everyone knows and loves, especially Texans. Yeah. Um, and of course, all of the food and the culinary that you can enjoy. This is the place for seafood. If you are into any 
oysters, if you want to have any kind of uh, cook your own catch, anything that's on the water, we have it here. Dock Seafooded Steaks, I absolutely recommend. That is one of my favorite spots to catch a sunset. Um, okay. And then you have all of your attractions. So uh, the USS Lexington is one of our major attractions you can actually see while you're at the ballpark. Um, another cool thing is our ballpark is sitting right by the bridge. Uh, you see the Harbor Bridge. We got the Friday night fireworks lighting up the city. You have the boats coming through from the dock. It's very much a coastal vibe that only you can get here in Corpus Christi. Um, and then of course, uh, for all of you drinkers out there, we have the brewery tours. <laughs> Uh, Visit Corpus Christi actually has a um, Corpus Christi beer trail where you can explore all of our local breweries while you're here. Wow. Um, and there is a couple of breweries that I love most. My, my favorite is Lorelei Brewing Company, which goes um, over to Flower Bluff area. But downtown, when you're over here, you can also get some beers over at Rebel Toad Brewing Company. Um, there is also New Oasis Brewing Company, which has excellent barbecue and it's a very family friendly dog friendly location um i can go on and on about everything that you can do and see here yeah and i'll talk a little bit about our attractions because even though you're going to the baseball uh park in the evening you can also enjoy the texas state aquarium which is always phenomenal yeah, it's, it's fantastic yeah learning about the animals getting uh to touch some stingrays and rain being right by the water um, and then right next to it on North Beach, we have the USS Lexington, which of course is iconic to our area, has some really cool escape rooms on board and one of their newest paranormal escape rooms that just opened up um, in March. I got to imagine that I've never done the escape room thing, but I think if I were to do it, it would want I would want to be on a, on a ship that was in World War II. It seems like it would add a whole level of creepy. Yeah. Yes. There's definitely the paranormal component to it. Um, I was just there yesterday and it was a blast. It's always a good time. And you're able to see just outstanding views from North Beach um, and into uh, the seawall. Yeah. And there's a, they call the USS Lexington, the blue ghost for a reason. And you have, uh, if you go over there and take a tour, you can talk to any of the volunteers there, any of the staff, and each one of them has a ghost story. So it's pretty fascinating, especially for, you know, even the non-believers, they have seen things and it's cool. One thing that they also do, um, and I'm, you know, uh, throughout the year, they have these uh, ways that uh, the kids can do an overnight slumber party over at the Lexington. Um, so that's also a really cool way for to ask your kids if they could see the ghosts, you know, <laughs> too scared to do that themselves but also there's um there's these really cool hard hat tours you can take if you're you know if you're big on world war ii history or you know just history in general there's a way you can dive deeper literally get a hard hat on go on a tour through the the barriers of the lex that thing is huge so, i remember being on it uh, a couple years ago thinking to myself i'm glad i joined the army because i cannot imagine fighting a war not i mean just so tight um before we jump into i want to talk a little food scene little alcohol scene in specific but i want y'all's help i'm a native texan and i've been telling people that don't hear the rumors about texas beaches texas beaches are actually awesome um help me out with that because i i think we have this impression that they're polluted when really they're dark because of the way the mississippi works it's really i don't know i've, I've i had a blast growing up on the texas beaches yeah. Um, 
so our beaches are actually really, really clean. Um, despite some of these rumors that you hear, um, one thing that uh, I've, I've noticed a lot is we have bay and coastal beaches. And a lot of visitors that come in, they think that the Bay Beach, North Beach, and all of that is all you can explore. That is the right. beach. And in fact, that's that's completely not true. If you take over onto SPID, go about 15, 20 minutes down to Padre Island, you will find a national park right in our backyard, the Padre Island National Seashore. Um, it is over 150 miles of untouched barrier island with flora, fauna, sea turtles. People go there uh, for the sea turtle releases and a lot of nature trails. So, you know, when you go over there onto like the Padre Island National Seashore, Mustang Island, Padre Bali Park, there is so much um, clean beach and so much time, like so much area for you to explore. Um, one thing that I absolutely love about a Texas beach is that you can drive on it and <laughs> yeah. you can't get that in California. No. Uh, you come here and you, you can truly enjoy, you know, the water crack, crack open a beer, have a good time, look at the, the waves coming in, um, and really just enjoy it. I, I see surfers every morning, uh, around our jetties there. They can tell you, uh, firsthandedly that those beaches are clean and beautiful, sparkling, ready to go. Yeah. And a little bit to add to that, Emily, uh, uh, bird Island basin is just, uh, a great spot where people can go out and do some windsurfing, can do all of that outdoor recreation. And even, uh, there's some rentals on site that you're able, uh, to check out, even if you don't have your own equipment. You, you hit on something that I kind of want to detour to, and I, it, it kind of ties into one of the hooks big promotion weekends is their coastal bend weekend. You do a lot of conservation. There's a lot of uh, my sister-in-law is a Corpus native and the turtle release is like one of her favorite things to do. How important is that as part of the community there of keeping this area preserved and pristine so everyone can enjoy it? Yeah. Leave it better than you found it. That is the motto. That is a, a huge initiative actually that we're taking part in. Uh, our, our organization is putting together a full sustainability plan for all of the visitors that come in and explore. So, you know, sustainability is more than just those straws, disposable straws. It's more than just, um, oh, you know, hippie, we, right. we did a little bit of something. It's so much more than that. Um, and we're, we're very, very focused on conservation and making sure that our beaches are always clean and the wildlife is always clean, that we have a sustainable food culture, a sustainable culture for any visitors coming in. And so um, for us, it, it is very important. Um, our uh, one of our attractions, uh, the Texas State Aquarium, they have an entire uh, conservation program, a rehabilitation center mm -hmm. for these um, animals that come in. And it's fantastic being able to see our city being able to bring in these sea turtles, rescue them, rehabilitate them and bring them back out into the wildlife. Um, and then of course, the, uh, Corpus Christi is known as one of the birdiest cities in the nation. In fact, <laughs> It earned birdiest city in the nation for a couple of years. And the reason is the migration of the birds coming in, especially now in the spring, you can catch over 300 unique species of oh, birds. Wow. Coming in. And, uh, you know, there are birders out there that are 
loving it. We actually have a birdiest festival coming up uh, with the South Texas Botanical Gardens putting that one on, um, and that's coming up this month. So those birds coming in, the, the, the flora and fauna exploring the untouched barrier island at the national park, those sea turtle releases that you mentioned, all of those things put together, it, it makes it really important for us to be able to understand that this is land shared by humans, animals, and all of the things. And we want to make sure that when visitors come in, they you know get to know and appreciate that as much as locals do and finding ways for them to be able to leave it better than they found it. Um, okay. I, you mentioned something earlier in the beginning, and, and I promise we're going to get to food, um, but you talked about being sort of the capital of the, the Gulf Coast, the center of the Gulf Coast. There's a lot of amazing communities near you guys, Port Aransas, Rockport. How much do you guys as a CVB kind of work with them to, you know, basically promote the Gulf Coast, the Coastal Bend region as a whole? So we are actually about to start uh, talking with them in terms of like partnerships. As of right now, it hasn't gotten there yet. Um, I think, you know, we all know and love our city. We all know and love uh, the, or the communities over there. I mean, I take short drives over to Rockport, Port A, um, especially when they have their um, festivals going on. In fact, we have yeah. a, a Port Aransas about to put on Texas Sand Fest. Oh, which so is cool. Yeah. It's such a cool event and a short drive away from Corpus Christi. So when people are staying in Corpus Christi, take that short drive and explore what they have to offer as well. Um, we absolutely love our partners. So one of the things I do love about going to Corpus is the food. And some of my favorites, Executive Surf Club, um, Snoopy's are amazing. But talk a little bit about some highlights of the local food scene, but also how important it is to kind of promote the culture of the town through food. I think over uh, the last couple of years, we've had a major shift in the food scene. You just have seen so many new restaurants open up, um, starting with uh, inside the Art Museum of South Texas. You have Elizabeth's, which is a great dining experience, Mediterranean cuisine right on the water. Um, and that's an experience all on its own because it's so uh, it's just beautifully decorated. Um, you find some plates there that you wouldn't be able to find anywhere else. And then you have you come over to the downtown area and you're able to do Water Street Oyster Bar and their oysters are amazing and so well known in our area. Um, you also have some cuisine out on the island, like uh, a ceviche bar and um, island time sushi and a great sushi scene out there. So it's really great to be able to see all of those uh, flavors come together in a great melting pot. And we have some great Tex-Mex here, too. It really is one of my most favorite cities in Texas. I want to thank Emily in America for jumping on from Visit Corpus Christi. Uh, definitely, if you're taking your baseball trips this summer or next year, you have to get to this town. It's one of my favorites. Thanks guys so much for jumping on. Let's get to. Thank Thanks you. For having us. And now on to close it out the right-hander from Houston, Texas, James Christopher. So that does wrap up this episode of Let's Get To. We had an absolute great time at Waterburger Field, home of your Corpus Christi Hooks. This has to be on your must-see list. If you're someone who loves minor league baseball, loves the community aspect, and loves seeing some of the best parks, this is your place. Next week, we're coming to you from Albuquerque, home of the Isotopes. So remember, until then, get you some peanuts, 
get you some Cracker Jack, and let's get to. Let's Get To is presented by Twitchy Dolphin Media. Executive produced by Jessica Bybee Jedgets. Produced by Andy Tomchesson, Scott McIntyre, and James Christopher. Associate producers Andrew Nelson, Timothy Jedgets, and Jess Canaster. Music by Andy Bertelson, Grace Usselman, and On Holiday. All content created by Let's Get To is the sole property of Twitchy Dolphin Media. All content created by teams covered in the episode are the sole property of the trademark holders. Let's Get To is a proud member of Curved Brim Media. This podcast is part of the Curved Brim Media Network. Here are some of the other members of Curved Brim Media. Hi, I'm James Christopher, host of Let's Get To, and we are going to be taking you on a tour of this great country through the lens of minor league baseball. That's right, from sea to shining sea, we're going to be looking at towns big and small as we explore the greatest game ever invented. This is Patrick. And Corey. Of BaseballMapper.com. And we have made an interactive map to help highlight all baseball teams from the majors down to collegiate summer leagues. We want to bring you closer to baseball. So get on the site and find a team near you today. Hi, this is Ed Rivera of the Data Chronicles. Join me as I interview people just like you and players, coaches, GMs on the path that led you to become a fan of the sport. What's up, Bucketheads? I'm Anna Tommaso, and each week on the Baseball Bucket List podcast, I speak with a different fan about their favorite baseball memories, what the game means to them, and what's left to check off on their baseball bucket list. Hey guys, this is Patrick Larson from the Minor League Baseball Hat History Series. And in every episode, I go through the history of minor league teams through my personal collection of hats. You can find me on Twitter at at PatLarson1. I hope you guys enjoy. Hey guys, this is James. I cover the Appalachian League. And you can find me on Twitter at MightUpGravely. M-I-C-D-U-P-G-R-A-V-L-E-Y. And I'm Paul Caputo. I tell the story of America, one minor league baseball logo and nickname at a time on the Baseball by Design podcast. Learn more about Curve Brim Media at curvebrimmedia.com.